Our gospel reading comes from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 9, starting in the ninth verse. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Summit Mission Alliance is planting a missionary in Leadville soon. Thanks be to God. Now, let me fill you in if you're a guest with us. Summit Mission Alliance is, a, is an organization we've been working, we formed, we've been working to plant missionaries throughout the, the Colorado mountains, through the towns that are underrepresented by servants of the gospel in those places. And we've been working uh, we've been talking about this for a long time, about planting a missionary, starting with Leadville. We've been working, laying the foundation, preparing sort of things that we've been doing in preparation, have been uh, things like getting a home ready for this individual, for him and his family as they uh, serve as missionaries to that community. We are also raising the finances so that we can support this missionary, so that, well, quite honestly, three months in, we don't run out of money and say, uh, sorry. <laughs> and we have officially decided on Friday, we had our Summit Mission Alliance board meeting, and we have decided that Ju- July 1 through August 15, that's six weeks, is the time that we're opening up what's referred to as the nomination period for candidates to the, for that position. What that means is that people are able to say, hey, we know so-and-so and think that he, he's a great pastor. He might be an awesome missionary up in Leadville. And so this is happening, and it's exciting that this is happening. And as we're preparing to do this, and we're, Lord willing, uh, by, the, by the fall, we'll have extended a call, and By the end of this year, by Advent, we'll have a missionary in Leadville. This is exciting stuff. As we do so, it only makes sense for us to go to God's Word and to examine what does God's Word tell us about the why and the how of mission. And so that's what we're doing. This year, we're taking a year to go through Matthew's Gospel, and it's a a series that we 
titled Follow Me. And so we kind of have uh, a four-week sub-series here, Follow Me on a Mission of Mercy, right? For these next four weeks, we'll be going through Matthew chapter 9 and Matthew chapter 10. In that, we, we see what's referred to as the missionary discourse in Matthew's gospel, right? There's, there's five discourses or teachings or, or sermons, if you will, that Jesus gives. Uh, we, we went through the Sermon on the Mount most recently. Now we get to go through his missionary discourse, what Jesus teaches us about mission. And so we'll get to do that. But before we do that, we start with the call of Matthew himself. So let's take a look at our text, Matthew chapter 9, starting at verse 9. Matthew is not someone who's mentioned in the Bible all that much, to be quite honest. Of the four gospel writers, we don't get a whole lot in the New Testament about him. Well, we know his other name is Levi, Matthew, or I'm sorry, Mark and, and Luke tell us that. Uh, we know he's one of the 12 apostles. But besides list of the 12, this is kind of the only text, this account and Mark and Luke's version of the same account is really all that we have about Matthew. And so we're taking a year going through Matthew's gospel. He authored it. We should learn as much as we can about this guy. And so what do, what do we know that Matthew, before following Jesus, what did Matthew do? He was a tax collector. All right? Makes sense. Let's talk about that a little bit. Matthew lived in a town called Capernaum. That town is right on a, a Roman trade route. And so it made sense for there to be a tax booth there. It's kind of like a, a customs booth, if you will, right? Some, uh, one, uh, something is goods are moving from one territory to a next, and they get, they get taxed, right? And so Matthew, he serves as a tax collector. But were tax, tax collectors really popular? Were they, they the kind of people that you wanted to be like? When you're in first century Judea, not so much. Or Galilee, sorry. Not so much. Um, they were actually despised. You see, they worked for Rome, the occupying force. And not only did they collect taxes, but they took a little bit for themselves. Maybe a little extra. And you know what? Rome didn't care. As long as Rome was getting theirs, they could do what they want. Tax collectors were not popular. Maybe some way to understand how unpopular tax collectors were in that day. We have to, in order to understand, we have to play a game of let's imagine a little bit. So imagine this. Imagine that the Nazis won World War II that the Nazis then conquered the United States and collected taxes that went to support Hitler's grandson's regi regime. 
Starting to get the feel a little bit? Not only that, but your fellow American, an American citizen, is working for them. He walks around the streets with his swastika armband on, collecting taxes, working for the other guys. And there are an abundance, an exorbitant amount of hidden fees. So when it comes to paying taxes, you know you're getting ripped off. You can kind of see why no one in first century Judaism, no child in first century Judaism said, I want to be a tax collector when I grow up. Right? You get it? They were despised. They were the worst of the worst. I mean, prostitution, that's bad enough, but it doesn't really impact me. <sighs> tax collectors, they're straight evil. So this is Matthew. This is his former occupation. And one day, Matthew's working in the tax booth. And as he's in the tax booth, you know, I kind of have this vision of like, I don't know, going to the DMV. Is anyone ever excited about going to the DMV, right? Next! Next, right? And you go forward and you have to pay. You know, it, no, one's, no one's excited to go to the DMV. No one's excited to work there, right? It's just, it's just kind of hot and stinky in this tax booth that Matthew's in. And Jesus comes by. And he looks at Matthew, looks him in the eye, and he says, You, come follow me. And you can kind of understand why Matthew gets up and he's like, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> That's all right. This is good. All right. I'm going with this guy. Get me out of here. And he follows Jesus. Almost, at least in Matthew's record, that abruptly. Right? And so Matthew, he starts following Jesus around. And what's he do that very day? He throws a feast, a meal. And who's the guest of honor? Of course, our Lord Jesus is the guest of honor. Jesus is at Matthew's house at this meal. Jesus' disciples are at this meal together. And they're, they're reclining together. Who else is at this meal? Other tax collectors. Think about it. Not a whole lot of people could stand Matthew's presence so the only people that could, his only friends, were the other people that were traitors, that were despised, other tax collectors. And so they're there having a meal with Jesus. And this maybe looks a, a little bit different than what we're used to as far as meal. The, the way they seated, their posture was different. They didn't pull up a chair at a table like, like we do. They didn't uh, just, you know, grab McDonald's, sit down on the couch, watch TV during their meal, whatever the case may be, they, they actually reclined, we're told this. They were reclining together. They're kind of one hand down on a cushion, another hand eating. You can see how it feels sort of intimate. Jesus eating with Matthew, the tax collector, in his house intimately. You can see why the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the 
the good guys, if you will, I put that in quotes, those who work so hard to uphold God's law and to obey His commandments, when they saw this, saw Jesus with them eating at Matthew's house, you can sort of understand at least why the Pharisees would say to the disciples, why does your master eat with tax collectors and sinners? And, you know, they kind of, they said it off to the side to the disciples, but, but loud enough, probably intentionally, for Jesus to overhear this, right? To overhear their, their judgment. And Jesus gets, gets wind of this. He hears what they're grumbling about, what they're saying, And he speaks and defends Matthew. Jesus says this, The sick do not need a physician. Or I'm sorry, the, the healthy do not need a physician, but the sick, right? I've come to, to save sinners. I've come to, to call them. He then quotes From the Old Testament, from the book of Hosea, what we read just a few moments ago, from Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. He says, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Now we have to to understand kind of Jesus' use of language at this point. He's speaking in hyperbole. Uh, he's, he's speaking in exaggerations to make an emphasis, uh, to emphasize a point. And so, of course, is sacrifice good? Is sacrifice something that the Lord has commanded in the Old Testament, whether that be sacrifices at the temple in Jerusalem or whether that be the sacrifice of obeying God's law and God's commands? Of, of course. But Jesus is making a point. This is more important than that. Mercy is more important than sacrifice. And he says this straight to the Pharisees. You can kind of see him looking at them. Notice how he says this. Go and learn what this means. This, these people, Pharisees, are Israel's teachers. <laughs> For him to say, go and learn, whew, he's saying, you need to go back to school, son. It's hard, that's, it's pretty direct, right? Pretty challenging. Who else is listening to this, though? Matthew and his tax collectors, tax collector buddies. Matthew... The despised. Matthew, the, the sellout. Matthew, the traitor. Matthew, who just had to take it. He's chosen this, this occupation. He needs to take it. The hits as they come. And Matthew hears Jesus going to bat for him. 
What's Jesus say, essentially? Get over it. These are my people. (laughs) These sinners are the people that I've come to call. Matthew must have felt affirmed in his decision to follow Jesus. Because he saw Jesus was on his side. So as we, we hear this story today, this account, we have to ask ourselves, where are we like the Pharisees? Where do we look at other people? See other people hanging out with those people, right? Hanging out with a bunch of bleeding heart liberals. Hanging out with a bunch of money-hungry conservatives. Going over to their place, going over to their house, hanging out with if you're talking about Summit County, someone who sits on the school board, <clears throat> hanging out with someone who's in the gay pride parade this month, right? Where do we look and see and judge? Those people aren't like us. They aren't good people. They aren't pro-America. They are on our side. They're people (laughs) that are others, that are like the tax collectors. You see, Jesus, he doesn't affirm your categories, whether that be uh, political or racial whether that be uh, based on education, white collar, blue collar, what degree do you have, whether that be upper class, middle class, lower class, whether that be sinners, or whether that be saints. Stop using Jesus to support your preferences your agenda, your mission. Jesus doesn't come to us and say, hey, guys, you look pretty neat. Can I come follow you? (laughs) No. As the divine Son of God, Jesus speaks with authority and says, follow me. Follow my way. Follow me on a mission of mercy. And if we see somewhere in our life that we are maybe a little judgmental of those others or people who associate with those others, then we need to hear again Jesus' words. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. We also can look at this and realize what a call to follow Jesus, what a call to discipleship entails and and sort of the environment that's important for discipleship. It's an environment that's both high invitation from Jesus and high challenge 
from Jesus. High invitation. He comes to us where we are. Before we have cleaned up. While we're sitting in the stinking hot tax booth, he comes to us and says, come on out, follow me. He comes to us where we are. He calls us to be with him, to follow him. He advocates for us. He supports us. He, he, he is pro-you. <laughs> he is pro-me. High invitation. And he gives us everything. He gives us to the world. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us life. He gives us salvation. He gives us eternity. He gives us everything we could ask for, including himself. He gives us his very self. And Jesus is high challenge. Jesus takes sin seriously. Thinking of our situation, our our account today, Jesus doesn't say, oh, Matthew and these tax collectors, they're not really sinners. How dare you use that word? That's offensive. No, he calls it what it is. He calls a spade a spade, a sin a sin. And in our lives, when there's sin, he calls us out of it. And he calls us out. (laughs) Stop doing that. Stop being greedy. Stop being selfish. Stop being hateful. Stop being judgmental. Stop being stupid. Stupid hurts. It hurts you and it hurts other people. Just stop it. Come follow me. And when we follow Jesus, we follow him all the way to the cross. The cross of Christ. If we talked a little bit about the distinction between mercy and sacrifice and how God prefers mercy over sacrifice, we can look at the cross and we realize that mercy and sacrifice are one and the same. That when Jesus laid down his life for you and for me. When he sacrificed his relationship with God in heaven, his friendships, when he was despised, hated, rejected, and it's completely out of his mercy so that he could atone for our sins, pay the punishment of sin that separates us from God and others, and give us his righteousness and give us unbounded relationships with people that we encounter. Unbounded relationships with God in heaven. We're part of his family. We get to pray to him as our Father and unbounded relationships. Yes, even with sinners. So good. This is the gospel, my friends. This is the the love of Christ, the mercy of Christ. And so Jesus calls you and he calls me 
calls us out to follow him on a mission of mercy. And then he sends us out on that very same mission. And we'll talk more about that next week as we get into Matthew chapter 10. May the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.